The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of this station. Content is for educational purposes only. Consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence of investing. Calls are pre-screened and the show was pre-recorded earlier this week. Rick is with Edelman Financial Engines, a part of Financial Engines Advisors, LLC, and the investment advisor that furnishes this program. Barron's ranks financial advisory firms based on assets managed, team size, experience, and regulatory record. Firms self-nominate. Investment returns and experience are not considered. Advisors in the Hall of Fame have been in the top 100 for 10 plus years. Future performance is not guaranteed. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Barron's ranks Edelman Financial Engines the number one independent investment advisor in the country. And Rick is in the Barron's Financial Advisor Hall of Fame. Now, here's Rick Edelman. And a very happy weekend to you. Welcome to the Rick Edelman Show. I've got a quick question for you. Is retirement security a problem? Well, if you say yes, you're not alone. In fact, 80% of American adults say yes, retirement security in our nation is a problem. In fact, it's 80% regardless of political affiliation. They say that Democrats and Republicans can't agree on anything. Well, we're agreeing on this one. Everyone pretty much in universal agreement that retirement security is a problem. 93% of Americans say Social Security alone is not enough. And I can see why, with the average Social Security check around 1400 bucks a month, most would agree that is not enough to support yourself in retirement. 91% of Americans also say that everybody who's working should have the ability to participate in a retirement plan at work. Although 91% agree with that, only 59% actually have that ability. Yeah, about 4 out of 10 working Americans don't have a retirement plan at work or aren't eligible to participate in it. And we know that if you don't have a 401k or a 403b at work, you're not going to be able to save for retirement. I mean, yeah, sure, you can on your own go open an IRA, but hey, most folks aren't going to go to the trouble of doing it. Most don't know how to do it. And even if you do, you're only able to contribute up to $6,000, a fraction of what you're able to contribute to a 401k or 403b plan. So Americans are in agreement. We've got a big problem uh, toward retirement security. And this is something, a theme that I've been talking with you about for a very long time. It's been a dominant theme here on the Rick Edelman show for decades because the situation is bad and it's frankly getting worse. We are seeing a disparity in America. Those who are doing well are doing better. Those who are not doing well are doing worse. The pandemic has accelerated uh, and exaggerated this dilemma, and we all recognize the situation that we're in. And there is one fundamental opportunity that we think might exist, and that could be better coordination at the federal level from a policy perspective. You see, right now we've got the president's cabinet, which has a variety of departments, and we have secretaries of those departments. All the major issues confronting America, defense, education, energy, labor, commerce, and so on. But there isn't a Department of Retirement Security. I'm not suggesting that there ought to necessarily be one, but there isn't a single place in the federal government for dealing with public policy affecting retirement security. 
Well, dealing with these issues is why I created several years ago the Funding Our Future Coalition, an organization that is now, I think, the largest coalition ever formed of its kind devoted to retirement security. We have more than 50 organizations that are members of the coalition now, major corporations, as well as think tanks, nonprofit organizations, social service companies, as well as major nonprofits and academic organizations all working together to help raise the level of awareness on Capitol Hill to assist our policymakers and our legislators to create laws and regulations that would help and assist the ability for ordinary Americans to save for their future. Just this past week, the Funding Our Future Coalition sent a letter to President Biden. This letter, which was signed by more than 30 of our coalition partners, including, of course, Edelman Financial Engines, urged President Biden to create an interagency retirement security task force featuring leaders from the Executive Office of the President, the Department of Labor and Department of Treasury, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the Social Security Administration, the SEC, the White House Gender Policy Council, and other parts of the federal government. Our request is for the administration to arrange for a collaboration of these many federal agencies to develop solutions to address retirement security. And we are very hopeful that the president will respond favorably to this and work with us to help create this interagency task force. And it can't come any too soon. We are fast approaching retirement as a society. The baby boomers are now the largest generation in America, and 10,000 boomers are reaching age 65 every single day. We will soon have more retired Americans than we have Americans in school because of the nature of the age wave, the demographic shift in American society. And it's not merely that so many Americans are retiring. Retirees have a tendency to do something that confounds demographers. Retirees aren't dying the way that they used to. Retirees are simply aging. You know, back in the day, think back to your grandparents and your great-grandparents. First of all, they weren't likely to reach age 60. Back in 1900, average life expectancy in America was 47. So you weren't likely to see age 60. And if you did, if you somehow managed to get to that gold watch and a pension at age 62, you were dead by 65. That was the actuarial basis for the Social Security system. President Roosevelt figured there aren't going to be a whole lot of Americans who reach retirement, and those few who do are going to die within a few years. So let them pay taxes throughout their working career. The amount of money they pay in will be a lot more than the amount of money we've got to pay out. Well, that worked fine in the 1930s and 40s and 50s, even into the 1960s. But nowadays, in the 21st century, Thanks to exponential technologies and the advances in medicine and neuroscience, nanotechnology, biotechnology, bioinformatics, 3D printing, we have figured out how to improve America's health. We're eating better. We're exercising. We're drinking less. We're not smoking as much. And as a result, we're living longer. Life expectancy today is in the mid-80s for Americans. And odds are, according to those who study this stuff, if you're alive in 2030, you may very well live to age 100 and beyond. 
In fact, a new study just came out this week from the University of Washington. Researchers there used mathematical modeling to predict supercentenarians. That's somebody who lives well beyond age 100. And they say that it is extremely likely that we're going to set a new record for the oldest human being sometime between now and 2100. The oldest human being on record was Jean Calment. She died in 1997 at age 122. The researchers now say that there's a 68% probability that somebody will reach age 127 before the end of the century. And Harvard, they did a study that's now, oh, I guess about three years old. They said there are five simple habits. Healthy diet, 30 minutes of exercise a day, moderate daily activity, maintain a healthy weight, don't drink excessively, and don't smoke. If you just do those five simple habits, you'll increase your life expectancy up to 10 years. This is a big deal. If we improve people's health as they age, a study in the journal Health Affairs says that if we increase life expectancy just by two years, it'll add $7 trillion to the U.S. economy. The Journal of Diabetes and its Complications said something even more profound. They said a one-year increase in life expectancy is worth $37 trillion. So we've got a good economic incentive for living longer, and I think we all have a personal incentive for wanting to do so as well. So we need to recognize that you're going to need more money And you're going to need it to last longer than you probably thought. And by the way, if you are going to live to age 100, to age 110, 120, are you really going to need life insurance? I mean, the reason you buy life insurance is to protect your spouse and children if you die suddenly, unexpectedly, you know, hit by a bus, what have you. But if you live to age 100, your children will be in their 70s. Are they going to need your life insurance? I don't think so. And therefore, it's quite possible that a lot of people are going to quit buying life insurance. And that could mean that insurance companies are going to quit selling it. And that's the announcement from the principal group last week. They've announced that they're going to quit selling life insurance. They're also going to quit offering annuity products. I mean, Offering an annuity is fine if they've got to guarantee your income for as long as you live. That's assuming you die at 85. What if you live to 105? So principal is getting out of the life insurance and annuity business. MetLife and Voya already did. You need to rethink your financial planning. Are you assuming the proper life expectancy in your financial plan? Make sure you talk with your financial advisor about it, because the one thing you don't want to do is run out of money before you run out of life. I'm Rick Edelman. You're listening to The Truth About Money. Triple H, Plan Rick, rickedelman.com. More with the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Truth About Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show.
Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. In the last segment, I mentioned to you the Funding Our Future Coalition. You can learn more about that at fundingourfuture.us. It's one of the many initiatives that Gene and I are heavily involved in, and, and we've announced a couple of months ago that by the end of this year, we'll be leaving this radio show uh, and our daily activities at Edelman Financial Engines as we are working on developing uh, several new enterprises and activities, and one of them is going to be focusing on retirement and retirement security, longevity. I'm on the advisory boards at the Milken Institute on Aging and the Stanford Center on Longevity. And there's no question that we need to be paying attention to our future in a way that, frankly, we've never had to in the past. Traditional financial planning issues really are falling by the wayside because they are becoming antiquated and outdated in an environment where we're living not just to age 75 or 80 or 85, but age 90, 95, 100, 110, even potentially beyond. So those are a lot of the areas of focus that we'll be spending our time in in an effort to help you make sure that everything you're doing with your personal finances is designed for the future that you're really going to have. One of my favorite quotes from everybody's favorite pundit, Yogi Berra, the future ain't what it used to be. And this is why it's so important that we spend a lot of time making sure our children are properly educated in the field of personal finance. Very excited to announce that Rhode Island is the latest state to make financial literacy a requirement for all high school students. So it is my hope that all states will follow that path. Right now, less than half of the states around the country have a similar requirement. And it's important that we establish knowledge of financial literacy as young as elementary school. And just to illustrate the importance of this, the importance of staying current, the importance of recognizing that the way we've done things in the past, what got us here is not going to get us there, is because of the incredible changes and evolution in the field of technology, opportunities for making money that were never available previously. You're familiar with Airbnb. This is the way for people to rent out rooms in their house to renters and generate some income on the side. Well, now there's a a website called Swimply. Swimply allows you to rent out your swimming pool. Homeowners in America who have a swimming pool in their backyard, you may be one of them, and you can now earn money by letting neighbors come and swim in your pool. The hosts charge $35 an hour, up to $50 an hour. The hosts on this site earn anywhere from $5,000 to $10,000 per month. Pool owners have made over 100,000 bookings in the last year and a half. Swimply gets a 15% fee from the host. They charge another 10% to the guests who come. And this is a a fascinating way for you to make a pretty substantial amount of money. Can you imagine earning $100,000 a year just by letting people come and swim in your backyard? They don't ever have to go into your house. They just come around the back. So if that idea strikes you as, wow, that's incredible. I can't believe the amount of money we could make doing something like that. Might it be an alternative to your full-time career or a supplement? to your current income. It's just an illustration of the incredible array of new opportunities that are available to you in the marketplace. And you need to take advantage of these where they make sense for you. 
There's a big event coming up in uh, the end of September. It is inside ETFs. It's the world's largest event on exchange-traded funds. The folks who attend this are financial professionals, advisors, and, and a lot of others in the financial field. Thousands of people attend. The keynote speakers have just been announced for the Inside ETFs 2021 conference. The keynote speakers are Eli and Archie Manning, the family business winning on and off the field. They are NFL legends. They're going to discuss the secrets of their success on both the football field and in the business world, talking about their perspectives on managing their family and intergenerational wealth. Eli Manning, of course, the two-time winner of the Super Bowl and the MVP as well. Archie Manning, the proud father to Eli, as well as Peyton Manning and Cooper Manning, played 15 years for the New Orleans Saints. Eli and Archie Manning are going to be the keynote speakers. And the other keynote speaker at Inside ETFs is industry legend Rick Edelman. Yeah, that's what they're billing me as, the industry legend. I'll be talking about blockchain and digital assets they cite me as three times ranked the number one independent financial advisor by Barron's and founder of one of the largest firms in the country. And they say that I'm one of the most influential people in the investment management field. And I'm really excited that I am sharing top billing with none other than Eli and Archie Manning. So, yeah, even though uh, we're going to be winding down this radio show that I've been doing for the past 30 years and stepping away from the daily activities of engagement with our financial planning and investment management firm, Gene and I aren't stepping away terribly far. We're going to continue our work on a public policy perspective, helping uh, to further the efforts to provide retirement security for all Americans with a big focus on longevity. We're also going to continue our work in the fight against Alzheimer's because it's a double conundrum. On the one hand, it's very exciting that we're going to live into our 80s, 90s, and 100s. But on the other hand, it's very scary with the notion that by age 90, the odds are one in two that you're going to get Alzheimer's disease. So do we really want to live to age 90 or 100 if it simply means that I or my spouse are going to suffer this terrible disease? Alzheimer's does not have any effective treatment. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. It doesn't have any cure. There's no vaccine. In fact, the only real way you diagnose it is through an autopsy, and yet it is 100% fatal. It's also the most expensive disease to treat because patients are typically ambulatory. Alzheimer's patients can walk around. They can turn on a stove. They can drive a car. They can pick up a firearm. And this makes them very dangerous to themselves and others and why they therefore need 24-7 care, rendering it a very expensive disease to provide treatment for and care and why it's so financially challenging in addition to emotionally challenging for caregivers. And that's why Gene and I are working very hard in the fight against Alzheimer's and that's not going to change in our efforts going forward. And as we've made our announcement of our transition coming this year, We've had several folks in the financial services community and elsewhere uh, offer some very nice comments. And I want to share with you now a message from David Booth, who is one of the founders and principals of DFA, one of the largest, most prestigious mutual fund companies in America. This is David Booth, founder and executive chairman of Dimensional Fund Advisors. Our firm has always valued its strong connection to financial professionals and firmly believes Investors can benefit from working with client-first advisors like Rick Edelman. So, Rick, as you put a bow on a groundbreaking career, everyone at Dimensional would just like to say congratulations and thank you. 
Thank you for helping millions of people plan and improve their financial lives. A lot of people talk the talk, but not a lot walk the walk. You, Rick, not only built a movement around financial literacy and fiduciary advice, you also built a firm to deliver it. When I look back at all you've done in your career, from authoring personal finance bestsellers to teaching on college campuses, donating your time and money to important causes to help Americans attain financial security, and I didn't even mention your incredible radio voice. People from all walks of life have listened to your insightful show for 30 years. I couldn't be more impressed and grateful that our industry is home to people like yourself, people who really care. Well, Rick, I don't like advice, so I prefer just to say best of luck. You deserve that and so much more. David, thank you for that kind message. You're listening to The Rick Edelman Show. I like to bring you each week some segments on the latest innovations in the field of exponential technologies. It's pretty exciting what's coming our way. There's a company called Too Simple. They just shipped a truckload of watermelons across Texas, and they did it 10 hours faster than human drivers could do. 80% of the trip was done with an autonomous truck. The venture started in Arizona. A human driver drove the first 60 miles to Tucson. From there, the truck went on autopilot, 950 miles all the way to Dallas. The truck made it in 14 hours. It typically takes a human driver 24 hours to do this. The truck did it 42% faster, and it means the watermelons got there a day sooner, a day fresher. The company plans to release trucks with no drivers in them by 2024. You're listening to The Truth About Money. Triple Eight Plan Rick, online at ricedelman.com. The publisher of the newsletter Inside Personal Finance coming up on the Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. You know, in the last segment, I mentioned uh, we were talking about Alzheimer's, and I mentioned that there's no effective treatment available. What about the new Biogen drug that was recently approved by the FDA? This was the first FDA approval of a treatment for Alzheimer's in 18 years, and it's gotten a lot of excitement and quite a bit of controversy at the same time. Doesn't that count as a treatment? Well, the reason that I kind of shrug my shoulders over it is, in fact, because of the controversy. The FDA advisory panel, the council that takes a look at the research and the recommendation of FDA staff, almost unanimously voted against approval of this new drug. They argue that there isn't enough evidence that the drug works, there isn't enough evidence that it is safe, and there is a great concern over the cost of this drug. The drug costs $56,000 a year, and this has to be taken every year. It isn't something you, it's a one and done. And you also have to undergo PET scans and other monitoring to make sure that you're not suffering side effects. A big one is brain hemorrhaging as a result of this drug. Those PET scans and other uh, evaluation methods cost $10,000 a year. Some say that the total cost per patient exceeds $100,000. This would represent 
If Medicare were to pay for this for every Alzheimer's patient in America, six million of them, this would represent more spending on that single drug than Medicare pays for every drug that it covers in its program. Well, this has, as I mentioned, gotten quite a bit of controversy. The FDA itself admits that there is not sufficient evidence that the drug truly helps sufficiently, and now the FDA itself is calling for limits on who should take the drug. This will likely cut the number of patients eligible to receive it from 6 million to 1.5 million people. And taking it even further, the head of the FDA is now asking for a federal investigation of her own agency, arguing that the FDA reviewers met with staff of Biogen. They collaborated on the review document that was used to determine whether or not the FDA should approve the drug. That's highly unusual. Well, three large hospitals have now announced that they are not going to administer the drug to patients. The Cleveland Clinic, Mount Sinai in New York, and Providence Hospital in Washington have all said they are not going to use it. Insurance companies are debating whether they're going to cover the drug as well. So, yeah, as I mentioned, we may be in a situation where we would continue having to say there's really no effective treatment for Alzheimer's at the moment. And that raises a new issue. If there isn't an effective treatment for Alzheimer's at present, it means that we've got to do whatever we can to help prevent the likelihood that we're going to get Alzheimer's disease. While we're waiting for medical science to come up with a treatment, a cure, a vaccine, we're kind of on our own. And that means we need to pay attention to our brain health. So I'm very happy to bring onto the program Brooks Kenny, the executive director of the Women's Network at Us Against Alzheimer's. Brooks, welcome to the show. We're going to talk in a moment about the brain guide that you have helped to develop at Us Against Alzheimer's. But first, talk with us about the Women's Network at Us Against Alzheimer's. You've been working very closely with George Vradenberg at the organization. It might not be intuitive to a lot of folks listening right now as to why we need a women's network in the fight against Alzheimer's. Well, that's right. I mean, it was really George and Trisha's uh, innovation and entrepreneurial spirit when they founded this organization. When they looked at the statistics and realized that women are twice as likely to have the disease, we make up two-thirds of the caregivers, and people of color are dramatically impacted. African Americans are two to three times more likely to have the disease. Latinos are one and a half times more likely. So when our organization was founded, it was really built on the principle to address the most challenging obstacles in curing Alzheimer's disease. And one of the ways towards that is addressing the populations that are impacted. We also see women as the chief medical officers of the family, oftentimes making the decisions, the healthcare decisions, uh, scheduling appointments, oftentimes finding themselves in those caregiving roles. And so we really try to empower women with information and resources and steps they can take to uh, address Alzheimer's disease in their own communities. You know, one of the things I did want to also mention about the approval of Aduhelm, another reason why it's a really interesting point in time in the Alzheimer's movement is it focuses on the early stage of cognitive impairment. And what do we know about Alzheimer's in addition to the millions of people, as you said, up front that are impacted? We also know that 60% of the cases go unrecognized. And when 
we finally diagnose Alzheimer's, it's often diagnosed in the later stages when the family's already in crisis, already juggling issues around medication management, safety concerns, how to live at home independently. And so this approval also sparks, we hope, these types of discussions. So we can actually start talking about what does early detection and diagnosis even mean? And what could it mean for a family trying to prepare and get the best possible treatment and also have the best quality of life? If we were diagnosing cancer in stage three or four, the patient advocacy community would be up in arms. And so we're also, as a patient community, taking this moment in time, this moment in history and saying, okay, now we're all talking about Alzheimer's. Let's start talking about brain health. Let's start talking about early detection so families don't have to suffer as they are today. And along those lines, you've uh, developed the most recent offering is a brain health platform you call Brain Guide. Uh, talk about that. Tell us what that is. Yeah, that's right. So we, you know, recognized early on that consumers are key in really moving the healthcare system forward when we think about Alzheimer's disease. And so we created Brain Guide, which is a platform designed to help people on the next step in their brain health journey. We've done a lot of market research and we've learned that millions of people are worrying about their brain. In fact, it is the num- cognitive decline is the number one fear among adults 50 plus. So when you go to mybrainguide.org, there are a number of educational resources that you can you know, learn more about uh, brain health and, and Alzheimer's. But more importantly, we have a memory questionnaire. And that memory questionnaire is based on validated tools that exist in the clinical setting today. There's a memory questionnaire for yourself. You can take it if you're noticing changes in your own memory. Or you can take a different questionnaire on behalf of a loved one that you observe often. Once you go through the memory questionnaire, we provide you with a set of tailored resources based on your answers. So we're not asking people to Google, you know, what to, you know, is this normal aging? Because what happens? They get pages and pages and pages of articles and ads from the internet. And that's frustrating to the patient. It's frustrating to the doctor. At mybrainguide.org, you can fill out a simple questionnaire based on validated tools in the marketplace. We provide you with something that you can print out, bring to your doctor, help you spark that conversation, either around your kitchen table or in the healthcare setting. And and we are just overwhelmed with the response we've received in just a few months. We have close to 90,000 people have taken the memory questionnaire. Over 200,000 people have come to the website and looked at resources. It's available in both English and Spanish. And it is completely free and always will be. And we're really just hoping people will use it as the first step in their journey. We know the Alzheimer's journey is not well understood. And we want people to know what they can do next so they can really move with confidence um, as they navigate their brain health. And the site is called mybrainguide.org. That's Brooks Kenny, the executive director of the Women's Network of Us Against Alzheimer's. And uh, you can reach them at usagainstalzheimers.org. Brooks, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Thanks for having me. Stay with us for more here on The Rick Edelman Show. Triple Eight, Plan Rick, online at ricestellman.com.
the author of the New York Times bestseller, Discover the Wealth Within You, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. If you're selling your home, don't settle for less. You'll get more with Wes Jones at sellwithwes.com. Wes, your bulletproof home listing program is getting sellers an average of 4% more money. How do you do it? Dory, we are creating a seller's market regardless of market conditions. We are manufacturing urgency and selling for more money. We do this by pre-inspecting every single home. We have a staging consultation. We have an appraisal review on price. We have the best photography, video, social media, a home warranty, international marketing and exposure, all of this, and I can still offer our flexible commission, our 24-hour cancellation agreement, and best of all, I pay for everything. That's right. Wes spends an average of six to 7000 of his own money marketing your home so you can maximize your profit. Go to sellwithwest.com, schedule a no-obligation home-selling strategy session with Wes today. Don't settle for less. Get more with Wes at sellwithwest.com. There are three things we always enjoy. Great service, valuable information, and closing loans on time. This is Laura Keel of Keel Mortgage. We've been navigating the Northwest housing market for over 30 years, and our goal, you guessed it, timely closing so you don't miss out on that home of your dreams. Call today for your pre-approval. 1-888-778-KIEL. Keel Mortgage. We'd love to help. Keel Mortgage. Mortgage Master Service Corporation. CL 40445 Equal Housing Opportunity. Did you know that my friends at MM Comfort Systems are also experts at plumbing repair, hot water, tank replacement, repair? piping and fixing leaky faucets drains and pipes well you do now call or visit mmcomfortsystems.com and tell them john Curley sent you economy fence center is western washington's leading installer of western red cedar ornamental iron chain link and vinyl fencing visit one of our three convenient showrooms or economyfence.com economy fence center we're the fencing professionals Let's head to the phones here on the Rick Edelman Show off the Webster, New York. Lori is with us. How are you doing, Lori? I'm fine, Rick, and how are you today? Terrific. Thanks so much. What can I do for you? Well, uh, when our first child was born 33 years ago, my husband and I took out whole life policies. I know you're not a big fan of these, but they have a rider for long-term care, so we've kept them. Our policies have accumulated cash value of 47000 in mine and 57000 in my husband's. The premium is $1,200 annually for each, with the cost of the insurance per our statement being about $900. So with this accumulated cash value and the continued earnings on the policy, is there any reason to pay more than the cost of the insurance or even less as the cash value will not be returned to our beneficiaries and will only keep growing? Our agent suggests that we keep paying the $1,200. My husband and I are 61, we're both in good health, and the death benefit is $350,000 each. Did you say somebody was encouraging you to continue paying the full amount? Yes. Our agent is suggesting that we keep paying the full 1200 but my husband and I are questioning that. So you mentioned that you bought these policies when your child was born 33 years ago. Is that why you bought the insurance, to protect your child in case you died? Yes. Yes, it was. Well, I assume at age 33, that child is now living independent of you financially? 
Yes, and we have another child who's 30, and she is also married and living independently as well. So is there still a need for these policies at all? Well, here is our take on it. We do not have long-term care, but we do have sufficient assets in the event that we would need to go into a nursing home. How much money do you and your husband have? Well, let's see. Uh, it's in the 4 to $5 million range. Okay. Uh, then I would agree with you. You do have sufficient assets to provide for your long-term care should you and or your husband need it in the future. So I would go a step further. Not only would I say, don't pay the full 1200 bucks. You only need to pay the 900 for cost of insurance. I would go a step further and say, you should consider canceling these policies completely, taking the cash values and adding them to your portfolios. You really don't have an insurable need at this point to be paying any money into these policies. Well, here is our thought on that, too, because we had also thought about that since our children are, are uh, well-established on their own and all that good stuff, is that we've already paid you know, $40,000 into it. Uh, let's just say we live another 40 years, so we'll be paying 80000 to get 350 that we could leave to charity or leave to our grandchildren. So we had kind of... Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Here's an alternative set of math. Okay. You cancel the policies. Yeah. You take the $105,000 that you will get in cash value. Right. You add to it the 40000 more that you would have spent on the policies over the next 33 years. That's a total of 150000 you invest that money over the next 33 years, and you'll end up with a heck of a lot more than the 700 grand that the death benefit is going to be of these two contracts ah. at that point would be my bet. Okay. Charities will get even more. Okay. Okay. Because I don't think our children are going to need it. And as I said, I hope that you know our plan is to certainly leave them uh, some money out of our estate as well. Okay. Understood. So I see no legitimate reason from a financial perspective for you to maintain either of these contracts. Okay. Uh, and that would argue for canceling the policies and getting the cash value. Now, let me take it a step further. I'll give you a wacky idea. Okay. Instead of canceling the insurance and receiving the cash value, sell the insurance policies. There are investors who will buy them. Okay. And they will give you more than the cash value. They will give you a portion of the death benefit. They might give you instead of a hundred, instead of forty-seven grand for your policy, they may give you a hundred grand. They may give you a hundred and fifty grand because what they will do is an actuarial calculation, just like the insurance companies. They're going to say, "Well, how old is Lori, and what's her health like?" If we buy her insurance contract and we keep it in force. When she dies, we'll get the $350,000. So are we willing to give her a hundred or 150 grand today and we'll get 350 grand later? The longer they think you're going to live, the less they're going to give you today. But uh, you're already 61. Right. So it might be worth you shopping around. There are companies that engage in this. They're called life settlements, also uh, called viatical settlements, where companies and investors will buy insurance policies from people who no longer need them. 
Do you have any, uh, you know, I, uh, of course, I'd rather go to a reputable company. I'm sure you probably can't mention any companies on the air, but I didn't know if there was any any names that you that you could suggest uh, in order to do this. Yeah, not here, I'm afraid. Okay. Um, but I would think if you shop around, um, you'll be able to find um, companies that are worth consideration. Okay. The interesting element about this is that when you sell your life insurance policy to an investor, you actually have somebody walking around the country hoping you die. <laughs> well, just as long as not my kids, you know, then that's all right. You know, so. <laughs> or my husband, for that matter. <laughs> uh, for that matter. That's right. Uh, Lori, I wish you the very best. Uh, you're doing well. Keep it up. All right. Well, thank you very much. I, and I'm so glad I reached out to you because I didn't even I didn't even consider that. And I was thinking about the cash value, but I didn't know the, the tax ramifications. My, my, my husband and I are both retired, so right now we don't have much of a tax liability, but I didn't know if there'd be a tax consequence if we... If you were to cancel the contracts and just turn them in and get the cash value, you would have a very tiny tax liability. The tax liability would be the difference between what you get in cash value minus what you paid for the insurance. You paid about 40 grand. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've already probably paid almost as much into it as there is cash value. Okay. Which is why, which is why insurance is a lousy investment. Well, yes. Well, you know, we didn't take it as an investment at the time, but, uh, I've, uh... right. You bought it for the purpose of life insurance. And so that was perfectly okay. But that's why you shouldn't continue to keep it because it's a lousy investment. Yes. Well, it certainly is. Uh, Yes. My, my other investments have certainly done much better over time. As they should. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Rick. I really, uh, really appreciate it. And I'll miss you being on the radio. I've listened to you for God knows how many years, but obviously I wasn't listening to you 33 years ago. Of course you weren't on the radio yet, (laughs) but, uh, you're right. I was only on the air 29 years ago, so we're making amends. That's right. Lori, thanks so much for the phone call. That was Lori in Webster, New York, here on The Rick Edelman Show, Triple H Plan Rick. Now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, a visit from my wife, Jean Edelman. Jean, uh, co-founder, of course, here at Edelman Financial Engines and a degree in consumer economics and nutrition, expert in macrobiotic cooking. Here's her weekly visit. Hi, everybody. Great to be with you this week. Always wonderful to share. This week, I wanted to talk about family and hugs. We just got back from a week with my family. My one sister and her family, we had not seen for over two years. It was just so good to absorb the family, the laughter, watching movies, cooking, and just hanging out. You know, COVID has been and still is a sobering part of our lives. And personally, I thought I was doing okay until we got together with the family And then I realized how much I miss them and how important they are to my daily life. It was the ability to say goodnight and give them a hug. I was thinking back to my wabi-sabi. And for those that don't remember, wabi-sabi is a Japanese philosophy that nothing is finished, nothing is perfect, and nothing is forever. And it's just a really nice, humbling thing to remember And especially when it comes to our families, because families aren't perfect, we're not perfect, and we are what we are because of our upbringing. We all have loss in our family, we have bumps in the road, and it's not always smooth sailing. But that's okay, because that's life, and that's what family is. We're supposed to get loud and then get quiet and be there for each other. 
after being away from each other for so long, you just kind of forget all that stuff and you just enjoy each other's company. And what felt best was being able to hug. So my word for the week is hug. H is for hope and for healing. Just let go of the past hurts or issues and just be in the now. The U is for unique. Each of us is a unique puzzle piece that fits perfectly in our family tree. The G is for gratitude. Each moment is precious. There's no promises for tomorrow. There's only now. And so enjoy the summer. Enjoy being together. Gosh, if you get to be able to hug your family, do it. And have a great week, everybody. Enjoy the last few weeks of summer. Thank you, Gene. That's Gene Edelman here on The Truth About Money, Triple Eight Plan Rick. Thanks for joining us on the program today. There's a lot more to The Rick Edelman Show this week. Our full podcast online is filled with more of your phone calls. And if you need anything in the field of personal finances, call us at Triple Eight Plan Rick or online at ricestellman.com. See you next week. Get the truth about money every weekend on The Rick Edelman Show.